Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. XTENDAV.com. How you doing, Tone? He's not on? Lima's not on. Here we go again. His, uh, hold on. Speak now. Speak now. Hello. How are we doing? Okie dokie. Three, two, there we go. Okie dokie. Okay. Now we're good to go. You know, you always run into problems with that, you know? What are you going to do? Um, do you want to start with anything else before we get into this? Uh, no, I, I do want to say that, um, I think it's going to take up a big portion of the, the yeah, show. Yeah, I figure so. I figure yeah, it will. So, um, did you want to get anything off your chest? Uh, no, we, I'm still waiting to hear more from the Browns on what kind of just happened at the end of the show. So yeah. I'm, I'm reading up on the you got really angry tweets at me about for it. No reason. No, I really I turned up the heat. I'm not angry at you. I'm you, angry at all. You started yelling at me. Um, I, uh, I want to hear, and it's, it's unfair because the Browns are just now, the Haslam's are just now again, talking about what the stadium situation is. And I, I do think the stadium issue is a huge issue. Yeah. It, it obviously impacts so many people. It is a is it's a it's a vital it's a vital part of not even being a fan of the Browns. Even if you're not a fan of the Browns, I think everybody has a stake in this in some ways. This this isn't just you know like a, a, a new store that pops up or a new restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that has the well being of so many more people at stake and. Uh, it's 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 part of not only civic pride, but it also in in some ways is attached to, you know, commerce and schools and this the lifeblood of this entire region. So it seems like if it's any indication what we're hearing from those owners meetings that 
the Browns have kind of finally plotted out their course for good. Yeah. Because it's been heavily debated up until now what they're going to do. Move, move, build the venue somewhere else. They have obviously spent considerable resources in looking at different viable alternatives. They admitted that last year. So did they do all that and just come back with, well, the city's not really going to pay much for this, so (laughs) it's up to you. And the Haslam's are like, well, if it's up to us, we are going to spend the least amount of money possible in doing this. And what's the reaction going to be from fans on that? Because you've seen, it'd be one thing if it were just, Hey, they have the Browns. They've been a great steward of the Browns. And in many ways, I do think the Haslam's, people just think it's wins and losses. There's more than wins and losses when it comes to a football yeah. team in a region. I know it's hard on a sports talk radio station to convey that. I think there are a lot of fans that just think, is our team winning? Well, that's, only, that's whether or not we like If the we owners. only cared about wins and losses, then mm-hmm. would we be so hard on the Dolans? That's a good point. I guess they think they would always win more if they just spent money. That's a moving target. For fans, mm-hmm. they move the goalposts on that all the time. But, you know, having owners, you want owners that are not going to threaten to move the team. You want owners that are happy being where they are, situated where they are. And it seems like the Haslam's are. They, they, they spend so much time here for a group that has so many ties to another city. So uh, I wonder how many other NFL franchises, I mean, they put in a ton of high school football fields, pay for helmets yeah. for programs that don't have, you know, and help offset those costs and things like. That. I wonder. I'm sure other franchises do. I mean, all that. everybody should. I don't every, know if there's a ranking of charity. Yeah, every every yeah. team should do their good works, um, especially because not everything's perfect, and we know this. Not, right. Every corporation has their. And all three teams in town do. Yeah, their I mean, part. Yeah. For yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. And and every every team every corporation has their um their problems, and uh, no no corporation is is outside of it. It's just you know what do you do. I mean, there's plenty of corporations that people say are evil and still give millions and millions yeah. and millions to charity every single mm-hmm. year. Um, and I think that they've they've done a very good job with the football stadiums uh, here in Cleveland and the fields and, and and you know turf and things like that. And and that should be commended. And the and the um, uh, first and ten campaign they've done very well with. So again, I, I, Terry Pluto I thought said it best is that everybody's got a smile on their face and they need to do their very best to make sure everybody continues to have a smile on their face throughout mm-hmm. this process. And I, th- I thought Terry was perfect Listen, when he said that. Yeah, I agree. And so I, I've not been in the camp that, oh, screw the Haslams. We lose a lot of football games. There's more. There's so much more than that. A lot of that stuff should be cyclical. It has not been cyclical with mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns over the years. I understand that. But in most in most areas, it's set up for your team to be good and then to be bad and then your team to be good. You, you all can't mm-hmm. be the New England Patriots. And you all shouldn't be the Cleveland Browns over time. It's true. The Cincinnati Bengals have been all of a sudden relevant just because they drafted one person. Yeah. And and that's how easily it can change in the NFL. I guess what I, I don't want to be naive on this. What are we seeing that the Washington commanders, commanders could be sold for? A whole bunch of money. Four billion. What were the Browns purchased for? One billion. So immediately, if the Haslam's wanted to sell tomorrow, which they don't, they would make insane amount of money, and that doesn't even take into account what their revenues or what their windfalls are from year to year. I know there's some bookkeeping that gets interesting with sports teams, 
but we know what the TV deal is. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Green Bay Packers, you can kind of figure out what these NFL teams make mm-hmm. after the profit sharing, um, all the merchandising, their contracts with uh, their vendors, their partnerships. I mean, nobody does partnerships like the Cleveland Browns. There's only how many games. And yet, you go to a game, mm-hmm. how many ads do you hear? We'd like to celebrate our partnership with this company, this company, this company, this company, this company. That's all money coming in. And yes, you have your payroll. So you send your money out, and it costs a lot of money to have a team. But when it's all said and done, and when you hear about the Haslam's putting in like close to a billion dollars for a stake of the Milwaukee Bucks, not even a full stake, not even a three-quarter stake, mm-hmm. but when you, when you hear that, you know their liquidity from the deal they, just, they did with Warren Buffett. I, it's going to be hard for the Haslam's to put their hands out. And for that to be taken seriously by just, I just, we know how taxpayers are. It's going to be hard for them to put their hand out. Maybe they don't. Maybe they say we pay for these renovations all on our own. That would be the one way that I think this town could stomach the fact that they're not going to have a retractable roof or a dome. I think that's the only way the fans will stomach that. They'll put up with the crappy experience of going down in miserable weather to try to watch a game in which we've had more bad weather games in the last four years than ever before. It seems like the most in like 20 years. I think they'll put up with that if the Haslam's pay. But the Haslam's are trying to come up with a big package that includes funding from all sorts of different directions or bonding issues. I think you better have those hearings public, out in front, and you better be willing to explain. Well, my my whole point of it was, and I... You immediately attacked me on the air, um, and rightfully so. Well, I mean, because I, I didn't explain myself well, so I don't blame you for doing it. Boy, your Magnificat mug you're drinking from yeah. there, that looks a lot like a Freemason logo. Can we discuss Uh-oh. that for a second? Is that going to be... Uh, I mean, that looks a lot like a Freemason. Are there going to be logo. some theories regarding this? Let me yeah. look through my third uh, eye real quick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that looks a lot like... I mean, look at that, Owen. Can, can you show Owen that it for a second? Down. I mean, it's, oh. it's become... Oh, <laughs> my pour, God. You pour coffee all it is. Before. It's become a bit of a distraction. Okay, sorry. Uh, but it's a nice mug. Uh, it, certainly, you took that from Sarah, yes. not you. You did not go to Magnificat. No. Tried. Like they'll probably expect me to be a donor at some point. Oh, that'll be fun to tell <laughs> them no. Anyway, well, actually, you can do whatever you want. It's your money. Um, my whole i I shouldn't have said for the better. I I didn't say for the betterment of everybody when I said you are not going to want them to own the entire facility. Mm. You sort of like, oh yeah, I want to own the entire facility. I should have meant the county commissioner, the mayor, city council, which there's 17 of them. Um. Are, they're not going to want the Haslam's to own the entire mm. facility, a very large facility. You are right. They can't just let. They can't just sit there and own a two billion dollar. If they themselves are going to, all right, f it. We're going to build this entire entire facility. It's our money, and it's two billion dollars to build it. We're going to build it. We're going to own the, the whole thing, and you're going to rent out to us if you want to hold mm. hold a thing here. And that rent, I cannot imagine how much that rent is going to be. But they can go ahead and do it. And they can do it without the help of the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission and all that stuff, even though I, I just don't think that would be great to be adversarial because the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission would want to hold events there. That's yeah. why I'm oh, hell yeah. you would like to try to get your tax base to help fund for the stadium so you have skin in the game. Um, that's what I meant by that. But the general, the general listener who's a taxpayer, yeah, they don't care. 
And if they it, it, they can say bleep them, they can they can the billion. What does Bill Simmons say? Bleep them. They can build their billionaires mm-hmm. can build their own stadiums. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they would say. Um, but I, I would look at it a little bit. I would try to be a little bit more pragmatic about it. Go, you you really want a piece of that pie? It's just how big of a piece of the pie can you get, and and how realistic is it? I think that we have to look at ourselves and say, and we're going to have this conversation on the air too. Uh, and we did for for a split second there at the end of the show. We have to have this conversation and say, are do we have realistic means to hosts host mega event, mega events mm-hmm. host these mega events that we dream about? We've hosted a Republican National Convention. There were a lot of people here, a lot of people coming in and coming out during the week, um, and I thought that that was handled very well, even though it, got, it was a little bit scary walking around downtown it's just I, i've never seen the city but like the whole that. city was in a cage yeah so that was a little odd um we will have the women's ncaa tournament but it, it is the final it, four or, yeah the, the final four but the men's final four is ha- is happens in big stadiums yeah so that would be something we go after well i think we could host that could we host a super bowl would they have a super bowl in cleveland would they really say yes to a super bowl in cleveland well, I do think that David Gilbert and his group would put together as good of a package as anybody could in a city of this size, in a market of this size in the NFL, which is a mid-market NFL team, uh, to say yes to a Super Bowl here. And I look at, I know Detroit is by population a much larger city, and you could look at, I don't know what hotel space is, is in comparison with Cleveland, I'm not sure about that, um, but Again, these are discussions that aren't just happen that aren't just answered in one podcast. We need to have real discussions about that because if it's deemed that it's not feasible, because I know you've asked, I can't. You've said, I quote, I can't believe the Bills aren't aren't building a dome. Well, they're in Orchard Park, and Buffalo in itself. I mean, I've been to Buffalo several times. I think you've been to Buffalo several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo is a wonderful town to be in. And downtown Buffalo seems to be a lot of fun, but they've accepted that it's not a Super Bowl destination. It's not a Final Four destination. It's not this and that, that Cleveland really can be. That's what I think Cleveland kind of has that Buffalo doesn't. No offense to the fine folks of Buffalo. And so there is a realism that you can build a dome facility here where you can't in Buffalo. They've accepted it, so they're going to build, they're going to take off some cost off the top, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm make it more palatable for the tax base and try to get a new stadium built. And the renderings we saw look very, very nice. So that's something I think that we have to come to come to terms with. And the Haslam's are not and their group are not tone deaf to what fans think of them. They sometimes I, well, I don't think you can care too much about what your fan base thinks, but they certainly know what their fan base thinks of them and they know it will be helped with wins while they're not winning. So what is a reasonable thing to ask for? Well, it's $500 million out of a $1 billion renovation. Is that reasonable? It's 400 out of it, where you take 600 and they take the taxpayer takes four. Or you take seven and the taxpayer takes three. Can you ask for $300 million? And you go, listen, we're paying for $700 million of this thing. We're asking for three. Well, that sounds like a better idea than what has been bandied about. It's, it's, you know this. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying this to them. And I think they know this. It's what you can pass. It's not what 
you can even afford. It's what you can pass. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's plenty of people, there's plenty of areas that can afford certain things and they just don't pass it. So I think that those things need to be taken into consideration as well. But it's it's one of those, well, we'll see things because they I guess they meet every two weeks on this deal. Which so. we just learned. We, we learned today. Learned. Um, I'd like them to be a little more transparent about this stuff. And now, well, they know it's a touchy subject. But now it it's touchy gotta, then, and they know their history, and they know. Well, it's now, touchy it, now now it goes from I'd like them to be a little more transparent to they absolutely have to be more transparent on this going forward. Yes. So, like I said, I, I'm I think the city and the county and the fans should push really hard at having some some hearings on this. Let's get it out in the open. Uh, this is not something that should be done. You know, behind the scenes and in the shadows, <laughs> this yeah. this needs to be something. that's too much at stake. Well, I know the more open it is, the better you know. chance I think it has to to meet. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have organized resistance to it, and yeah. people. There's always going to be a resistance. I yeah. mean, honestly, that should be met with open arms. This should be. I mean, you're you're fighting for something here, but we're talking about the democratic process. This should be able to be no. handled. In an adult fashion amongst the populace here. So that's and hey, that's what we're hoping. And for. hey, the Browns, it is it is um the standard of proof is on them to prove that public financing, if it's going to be needed, and most likely that will be the case, we'll find out more, that um they're getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. And look, I have poured over I really did in my in my past life, Kenny, it's been years, but I used to pour over the studies. The studies about whether there seriously is measurable economic impact on stadiums. And look, I work at a sports talk radio station. We're the home of the Browns. Uh, I have some biases here, just like anybody else. Yeah. Um, but it is it is my contention, and I've seen the studies both ways. In many ways, you can fund a study to say whatever you want. But I, I have looked over the numbers that I, it is – in my belief system, when I was screaming at the end of the show that John Mayer brought a guitar to Cleveland. And then I screamed at you that said John Mayer should pay for the new <laughs> and He should pay for it. That John Mayer bought one guitar to Cleveland. He actually probably had 10 guitars that they switched. It was a very good show. And I'm not even a huge John Mayer fan. Uh, the things you do for your wife, you, you really do. Then to get out of the house once in a while. But in one night, he filled every restaurant, mm. he filled every bar. I mean, for, for hours. And I heard from people in the industry. This is incredible. When we have nights like this, we thank we thank the Lord that we have this opportunity. So imagine if we get serious about holding real events yeah. in in Cleveland outside of the ones they already have. They already have great events, you know. But we know the MAC tournament will bring you this, and the MAC tournament's great. It'll bring you this. Here's what having a world class, professional, viable venue, yeah, the likes of which they have in Indy and in Detroit. Here's now what you're eligible for, with some really hard people working uh, to to try to to try to get those venues full. I will always side with if you if you build it, they will come. That's just that's just the way that I'm wired. I just can't imagine you build a brand new facility and we fail to get a bunch of things. We just fail to get any of the stuff. Well, that we welcome to about. the convention center in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> a brand new facility that size, we fail to get. I know it's um. Yeah, I'll share. I'll share some some pieces with you about that. It's a beautiful. The convention center is beautiful. It's too bad we don't have an all star game here every year. We have a fan fest every year because, damn it, that place is pretty impressive. Just need to fill it up. I thought. Uh, I thought all the medical community was gonna basically just camp, stake their claim, and camp down here, and they would be here week after week. That has not really happened. 
Tone knows the movers and shakers yeah. downtown. All right, we ready to get to this? We have this audio here. We're brought to you by Extend. This is audio from, is this from Dan Levitard's show? Is that what this is, Tone? Tone, you found it. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Okay. Yeah, he had is... Stephen A. Smith in a very intense... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Commit one-on-one chat. Here we go. I hate what you two have done to sports television. You can say that all you want to. I would say, who the hell are you to sit up there and say me and him? What about you? What the hell were you I'm living talking, under a rock I'm teaching ta- at that Miami U? You were part of it too. I'm talking. You ain't innocent. I'm talking about all the imitators that you have birthed. All of the imitators that are all over the place, thinking, without the journalism credentials, that uh, the the point of all this is to turn it into an argument on television. Well, I would take on Bridget what you're saying in this regard, Dan. Those people who don't have a journalism background, who don't exercise journalistic ethics and beyond, how are we responsible for that when our background is based on that? Skip Bayless was a journalist for decades. I was a journalist for decades. We came, we come on television and those ethics are applicable. The fact of the matter is, is that when I take a position, it's the same kind of position I would take writing a column. The difference is instead of writing 800 words and being limited to that space, I get to talk for a few minutes on each subject. When did it happen that I ignored the fact that I was a journalist for the Winston-Salem Journal, the Greensboro News and Record, the New York Daily News, and then the Philadelphia Inquirer before I went to CNNSI and then Fox Sports and then ESPN? When did it occur in my career that I ignored 
the journalistic tenets that came with the job. Oh, it's not ignoring them. It's that they shrink in the face of the need for the argument as entertainment. Okay, that's that's Dan Lebetard and, and Stephen A. Smith. So I heard that yesterday, and I know you wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. You, you texted over the weekend you wanted to talk about this. Um, that is on Dan Lebetard's show, right? Okay, audio courtesy of the Dan Lebetard show. When I hear Stephen A. say that Skip Bayless has been a journalist for decades, I think that kind of goes out the window. I don't think that Skip Bayless has been a journalist for quite a long time. I think you can lose. I think once you're a journalist, you're not always a journalist. Okay? I I think that you can lose your journalist credentials. Well, you need a journal, don't you? (laughs) Like, I've I've never claimed to be a journalist, Mm -hmm. and I've had the... It, behind the scenes, the uh, what I consider famous argument, just behind the scenes with me and somebody else who claimed that they were a journalist and they were not a journalist, and uh, that person got very angry with me that that we worked with because he said, "Damn it, I'm a journalist." I go, "No, you're not. You're a guy on the radio," and I, I think that there's a difference. Um, you know, I don't think that Skip Bayless is a journalist. I also. Do I blame Howard Stern for the... Birthing the imitators? The birth... I don't blame Howard Stern for the birthing of the hacks that have made this Mm -hmm. job more difficult over time. So why would I blame Stephen A. Smith? And and I'm not a fan of Skip Bayless. Um, I'm I'm entertained by Stephen A. Smith, I got to admit. Why would I blame them for the hacks that have been born after that? I don't even want to say hacks. I, I there's things that that pe- I I don't really I don't really watch those shows a whole lot. Mm. You know, I I what what is the audience for those shows? Ironically, not a lot of people do, Kenny. Well, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Like I remember Richard Deitch would post the ratings and he would say like mm. like Blues Clues or whatever was beaten yes. first take by and I'm going, "Well, kids are home in the middle of the day. They're mm. watching." I go. What is the what is the I mean, honestly, what is the audience for midday television opinion shows? Is it people on Twitter? Is that what it is? People who have time? Is it people in 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 waiting rooms? Like when we had the when we first got Baker here, I used to get so mad. I'm going, guys, we're not going to do the Colin Cowherd, and you agreed with me on this, and I like Colin Cowherd. We're not going to do the Colin Cowherd review show every morning. We're not doing that. He's not on in this market on the radio. Mm. And the only time anybody sees him is when they're in a waiting room in a dentist's office. Or they're getting their tires changed. So now, who are we doing the show for? Who are we playing Colin Cowherd's clips for? People on Twitter? 10% of the the country is on Twitter. 10%. Maybe 11 by now. And people are leaving it. So who are we doing it for? And so that's why I was like, listen, if there, if he goes on the show, fine. It's fair game. And he went on the show like twice. And that was it. And we didn't need to go sit there and play. And I was happy that you were relieved. And I, I knew you, I thought you'd go with me and you did. I was relieved with it. But I, I just, I disagree with Dan Levitard on that. Because... I don't think he's made uh, Stephen A. Smith has not made what Dan and I don't listen to a lot. I've never I've never listened to a lot of Dan Levitard. I don't know, so don't don't kill me for it. I know you've been a big fan. I just never really listened to it. I, I can't say I don't like it. I I don't know. I don't know. Okay, 
I'm one of the people who I don't know. Can't say I don't like it. I don't know. I don't think, though, that Stephen A. Smith and his show has affected at all what I've thought of Dan Levitard. I've always thought that the clips that I've seen of Dan Levitard have always been pretty thoughtful, and I thought well put together. Why does that... That doesn't affect how I feel. Stephen A. Smith and his show and First Take has never affected how I felt about Dan Levitard, so I don't understand the problem. It's not Stephen A. Smith's fault there's been a bunch of imitators who mm-hmm. can't do it as well as he does it, who have decided to try to do it, and yeah. and they have, in some way, gotten money out of some of these companies. Well, there's no doubt that what what spun off, and I would even go back further to a more cordial and sophisticated debate show, which was Pardon Interruption. I mean, Pardon Interruption is credited by by some in the biz as being the start of everything we see on cable news. They have they have seriously said that if pardon the interruption doesn't come, it would eventually would have happened. Which is great. But but the the, the crossfires of the world, which then turned into hot takes and in, in everything. Great show. In, it, hot takes into everything. And hot takes has been the, the criticisms have been levied at even the term hot takes. I kind of laugh at because when well, I just because you don't like the ter- or just because you disagree doesn't mean yeah, it's a hot take. Yeah, like the I, when I think about victim victimless crimes, I mean this is to me the the victimless crime. Like the, the, yeah, there 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 there's a crime here. That you're at times just trying to out shout somebody to get attention, which a lot of people did. They try to get yeah. attention. They want to be louder than the next. They want to be more bombastic than the next. We've heard how many young broadcasters who have either sent tapes to us or whatever, and it's. Huge opinions, and we love opinions, but it's like, I don't really believe what you're saying here. There has to be a a shred of believability, I think, to a lot of this, and that's what makes a lot of this work. And in the end, they say it, and then they, excuse me, when they say it, and they immediately back down. Right. You you didn't think about what you said, did you? Right, right, which happens Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Much like those uh, stud performances last year by Kenny Pickett in the second half of the year. Oh, someone will hear this in about a minute on the delay. What is the delay? Anyway, um, I think there's nothing wrong with hot takes. I think there's nothing wrong with a spirited debate. I think there's nothing wrong with saying something and then a week later, maybe thinking about it a little more and then changing your opinion. And I, I get it. Like, I don't like going segment to segment to change. No, your no, no, opinion. no. I mean, because then, then you lose. At least if you, if you do, you can say, "Well, I was proven wrong on that." And then and it seems like it's not genuine. And and look, a big pa- a big part of the media is having this big bold opinion and defending it till the death, and then you kind of see how they try to slip slip away, you know, from whatever accusations. I have seen down at the Super Bowl in the Final Four, and even in Cleveland for some of the big events, NBA Finals. I've seen first take in person, and when I see it in person, I'm not watching them. I'm watching the fans. Yeah, and it is professional wrestling. And I think it's outstanding. When he comes up, see, that's, again, I watch it. What am I watching for? I'm watching for entertainment. Or I got it in background noise. So that's, again, it's middle of the day. So you're either in an office or doing something else. But you guys are also fully immersed in sports. Exactly. But I think the people I think the people watching them are maybe looking for get, gotcha moments or something. I, I, I think there's probably few people that are just locked in. On what they're saying at all moments. Yeah, but you're also these are people. It's the same people that listen to us in the morning that are they're going not locked in. That 
they have a regular job that is not sports. It's not around this industry. Uh-huh. So anything they get from them is either uh, added to their, maybe their talking points throughout the day with friends and coworkers, or maybe it's an escape for 15 minutes on their break. Uh-huh. Uh, when we're watching Stephen A and Skip and, and Shannon and all those guys debate, it's a more critical eye, I think, than than any of yes, any of that stuff. But I, when I but I'm looking for what's the basis of it? It's entertainment. Yeah, and it's and all I'm and I am and, and it's I just the don't, but Kenny. people get that misconstrued with news and, and my, information, right, right. It, and that's and, at some point, I would like to think that whether it's politics, news, sports, we've all now enough people have grown up with social media in their lives, especially if you're like right. thirty years old. You have now had Twitter for how many years? A decade. 15 years? 10 years? 15 years? You have had social media in your life. At some point, and I know know, uh, that that some people have difficulty doing this, at some point it's up to you to weed out the news. It's like when it's trust the science. Well, at some point you have to figure out who you want to trust. Okay? At some point you have to weed out who you think are bad purveyors of news and and science and research and sports. Now we're getting and, somewhere. And, and whether it's Uncle Ted at Thanksgiving dinner, do you want to do you want to agree with what he's saying? You and the science that he gets, or at some point you just have to have a discerning lens that, of which you have to make up your own ways to get what you want to get. Because you can't just rely on I'm going to put on one cable news network all day. I'm going to put on one sports channel all day and hear a LeBron debate. I mean, LeBron has been debated more than anything else. Pretty much in, in sports, sports yeah. in my lifetime. But I don't blame. I don't blame Stephen A. Smith. Mm. I'm going to take a different tack to you. When I didn't like it, and it still irks me to this day, man, when Dan Orlovsky said that he just says things on the air to mm. just get it going, I go, that to me was the worst thing that you ever could have done. And I know that that guy does way better than me, and I'm not, this isn't, a, this isn't what I'm trying to get to. I sit in to be entertained, and I want to believe the person who's talking to me. Okay, this is an entertainment show. That's what I want to. I want to believe the person who's talking to me. And when he said, and you know this, well, when he says that when he'll say things just for the air and the argument, I'm going. You're, don't, don't tell him the magic trick. Mm. Okay. Now I don't know whether or not Stephen A. Smith is making things up for the air. I can accuse him of doing it. If I'm mad at him, but he, I don't think he's ever admitted that. At least I've never heard him do that. People accuse you and me all the time. Mm. Oh, yeah. You're just saying that to be difficult. No, mm. he's really difficult. Or Kenny's being mm. a real ass today. I'll de- he's being very to difficult. To briefly interject, I'll never forget. To this day, it's the one that I feel like defines our show because I got accused by so many people, and you got accused by less of those people. Mm that we didn't believe what we were saying, and it was over the most trivial of things ever, but it was one of our best debates and most vicious debates, and I went home that day going, I don't know if I can continue doing the show. And it was the 4-0 preseason thing. And we and yes, did we did we get more bombastic? You don't know if you could continue doing did, the show. We, and, and we got very bombastic. We screamed over each other. It was probably a hard listen, to be honest. We pride ourselves in having a knockdown drag out but at some I point every but, thing but we both met we both met everything we said we were on totally two different sides and the amount of people that said we were lying to the audience it really bothered me because they we didn't know really, us yet. we really believed 
what we were saying. Yes, do we? They didn't know a shit. Have we at times, I, to unveil some magic, have we at times found a trivial thing to argue and then said what we believed and then took it from a 6 to a 10 during the offseason in June? Okay, I may be a bit guilty that of that. You did to me this morning. Maybe have been guilty of Over that. Over John Mayer. Yeah. Go, Why are you yelling at me? May have been guilty of that. But that's different from saying things I don't believe. And I absolutely, when when Baker Mayfield's winning a playoff game and I get on the air a week later and said, I hear there are rumblings down in Houston. <laughs> I meant it. Yeah. I wasn't trying to get yeah. attention. No, you're right. Now, our job is, I, well, let's be fair. Our job is to get attention, but for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. I don't want my name uh, up and down all when blogs were bigger. I don't want my name up and down or a media corner in the newspaper when that was a big deal. Because I'm just trying to get attention. It shouldn't be that. You shouldn't shouldn't go out of your way like you and as a personality. What, that's, and that's what bothers me so much about Dan Orlovsky saying that. Mm. And the, and anybody anybody out there can still. And to this day, we've been doing this show together a long time, and there's still people. I have one guy starts tweeting me that we have a script written out. I go, you oh. can't script that. I I go. We have a rundown of what we're going to talk Trust about. Trust me, when we've tried to script something, it's, it has gone, gone bad. We are not it's good actors. So bad. I do like so when Ken bad. does Daniel Day-Lewis. I it's, think you're very good at thank it. Thank you. But well, we scripted so... that was then, this is now. That went pretty well. <laughs> that was the only thing that went well. And li- by the way, Lima had scripted. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. the, You notice that. When I do, when we did the ske- when we do schedule game and I do it, Lima lose. Um, no offense to you. I'm not hammering you for this because you're very creative and I don't want you to lose your creativity. Lima loses his place, gets very nervous. And then every time I go to do the CBS Jim Nance Open, <laughs> you lose your place about being Tony Romo. Because he gets very nervous in that case. But what I'm going back to on the on the Dan Rolovsky thing. He had seven pages. This is the whole <laughs> – This is this. I'm going to pull an old pro wrestling quote out of here. Bill Watts said this, okay? Is you if you think I'm fibbing, that's fine. I can't change – I'm doing my very – if you think I'm fibbing, it's my goal to prove to you that I believe everything I'm that you believe everything I'm saying that I believe everything I'm saying and I do on a stack of bibles damn it at that moment I believe everything I'm saying and for later on that day until I'm proven wrong and I have no problem admitting I'm wrong which is one of the few things that we do I I will admit when I'm wrong and will admit when there's a better idea or when my mind is changed but it's where they may to, what Bill Watts would always say they may be smart to the business, they're not smart to my business. So when Dan Orlovsky's over there saying that he, well, I make things up for television. Well, I don't make things up for the radio. I don't do that. There are times... The crazy stuff we say would dictate that we don't even need to make things up. Arguments and art. Go ahead. I will just say this about you, Ken. And I think to your fault sometimes, but it's actually to your credit, once you have an opinion on something... And you said you might flip-flop on that later. But when you're in the moment, you are digging in. Oh, and yeah. there's no talking you out of it. Oh, yeah. And that actually makes for more, better oh, entertainment oh, yeah. at times. The walls close in. I know it. And then there's those times where, you, like an hour later, you go, yeah, I was wrong. Well, it got to the, hell, it got to the point when the first time you brought up Nick Chubb, people were pissed at me yeah. for not getting hooked on it. Like, they were like, no, dance for me, clown. I want you to yell at him about it. I go, wait a minute. I said I didn't want to entertain this stupid this stupid thing, and you're pissed at me for well, because they they want their entertainment, right? And they know that what I say, damn it, mm. for that moment I mean mm. it, and that's what bothers me about it. Stephen A. Smith does not bother me. Mm. Stephen A. Smith 
entertains me. He's funny. Sometimes he says, well, actually, a lot of times he says some things that I disagree with. But you can tell and, in his facial expressions, he's like, here we go. And, and, this- and yes, and for Dan Levitard, the, the Stu Gotts, what does he do? The weekend thing? Yeah, weekend That's hilarious. That's and, great. And it is a parody. His yeah. his character is a parody of the hot take guy okay, who yeah. kind of does believe the hot takes. And that's funny to me. That's funny to me. And I've seen I've I've heard Dan Levitard on issues that aren't even sports, and mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from that show. I just don't listen. That's all. I've just never been a real listener. I'm not saying that. But I I, I think that Dan Levitard is wrong to go after Stephen A. Smith in this case, just because I don't blame mm-hmm. Howard Stern uh, for all I, the goofballs that honestly that's a great point. The, the goofballs that ruined it for guys like us. Because mm-hmm. there were a-holes and idiots who came after Howard Stern trying to rip him off, and they're like, You don't draw mm-hmm. the money Howard Stern draws, you're gone. And then when Howard Stern went to Sirius, and he's the king, when Howard Stern went to Sirius, they're gonna make sure that there's no more of that ever again mm-hmm. because one guy and one guy only could get away with that. And they don't trust anybody else to do it. And to be honest with you, with the amount of hacks that have came after Howard Stern, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. If I was a if I was a a brand manager, if I was a brand manager, a program director, well, you end up in Canada. I don't don't trust you. Yeah, you end up in Canada with a couple drinking so much water for a we for we contest. Remember we the console, and they die. And you don't think about it because they they try to do this stuff and they don't think it out. And because they're trying to do what he did, and they're not him. Yeah. And and I and I'm just I'm just telling you that when I tell you when I would go see first take and I would go see the fans, I would just stare at the fans and I go, guys, the fans are having fun. The fans probably don't believe every word or they don't necessarily take everything they're saying as seriously as what the media critics will say when they go after those shows or what Dan Levitard is saying when he goes after those shows. But I, I'm telling you this, they're the same debates that I have had at a bar stool on whether Dak Prescott is good. That is the, 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 the epitome of that genre is, hey, Dak Prescott, is he good or is he not good? I think he's good. You and you know what? They will scream and yell about that for an hour, and they'll take it an octave oh. higher and scream and yell. How? And in the end, what's wrong with that? If I what's wrong with that? What is wrong. the big problem? I don't think there is anything wrong with that. I, I think that we hold ourselves in a little bit of a high opinion where, honestly, what is my job? Now, you, my job, me personally, is to entertain from point A to B between when you leave the house and get to work. That's my job. Some is If that's by making you think sometimes or by making you laugh sometimes or by making you mad at me sometimes, then... That's going to naturally happen because it depends on my opinion of what it is that day and whether or not you agree or disagree. And the whole damn reason anybody listens to the damn thing is because they trust me in the first place to know that I mean what I'm saying to them. That's the whole point of the thing. But I don't take myself in a holier-than-thou and I never have, and maybe that's why I. Maybe that's why. Maybe if I've maybe I've never reached my full potential. I don't know how it is, but I've just never. I've never been in. Well, my opinion is of this exalted spot, just because I've been proven wrong, and I'll be proven wrong again. And I got to cover four or five different things, and I also got to make sure I don't stick my foot in my mouth. 
That's a lot of bases to cover there. And it's a four-hour show. And most of the time, I'm dealing with people who I'm in their world. They're Mm -hmm. not in mine. And so when they get in the car, they want to hear what they want to hear. And if I'm not talking about what they want to hear at that moment, they're going to let me know about it. And Mm -hmm. I'm happy that they let me know about it. But that's where I stand on it. You can stand on wherever you want. I I think this is the most fun. I I often... We often joke about, like, this isn't a real job. We're not digging ditches or anything like that. I've dug ditches. This is, this is the most fun that you can have. It's sports. I always bristle when I hear people going after those shows, debate shows. What are they doing? I'll tell you, I even there are some political shows I enjoy when I feel like it's a good faith debate, when I feel like it's we're actually yeah. listening to each other. Yeah. I, you may, you know, I'm probably going to get made fun of now. I'm telling you, I listen to that. that new, I watched that new Como show a few times. And I was like, wow, he's having people on from different points of view. And he's going at both of them. I like that. That's what's why I like who I like politically. I want to make fun of you for that. Well, it's when he was on CNN, there was there was plenty not to like there. Either way, I'm just saying there can be fun in this as long as people are engaged in spirited, genuine points of view. That's all I'm saying. There it is. Oh, and you got anything to add to it? No. Okay, now I gotta let the gotta let you know. For Barrett Sports Media, this is my voice. I'm Ken. And I'm Garrett Bush. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 